You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, the number one, the go-to, the best Jacksonville Jaguars podcast on the airwaves, as our fearless leader James Johnson mentions in that intro. I'm your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and we are back with a brand new episode of the Jags Den podcast, of course, attached via the Jaguars wire of USA Today. And I am joined here with said leader, James Johnson, sports grind underscore Don. Jay, how are you doing today, buddy? Can't complain tonight, man. I'm uh, amped up about uh, some of the things that's coming up with the Jags and uh can't wait to get this podcast on the go too. Absolutely. We've got a couple of things to to talk about here today, a couple of really good topics that we're going to discuss this evening. And uh before we get started, of course, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Jags Den Podcast and of course the Jaguars Wire on Facebook and Twitter. Uh my handle is Phil the Filipino, F I L I P I N O. And then James, of course, as I mentioned, is sportsgrind underscore Don and our colleague underscore Jay Della, who is not with us here tonight. Uh, he is he is preoccupied, so we'll be uh, we'll be um, running duos here in uh, <laughs> on the podcast here tonight. Uh, so make sure, of course, you're subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. We're also on Deezer and Radio Public. And then USA Today has also recently added the podcast to the Audio Boom Network. So we appreciate. All the love and support and all of the feedback, even though we we tend to disagree at times, we still appreciate you guys being uh, interactive and, and giving us that feedback and letting us know that, hey, you are paying attention. So we really appreciate that. But um, not many quick hits to get to, the, um, as we usually do. However, the only one we um, we have listed here is Josh Lambeau has re-signed with the Jaguars. Um, I believe it was a – I'm pulling up the details right now. Four-year deal. Um, it was reported first by John Reed of the Florida Times Union. Josh Lambeau has very quickly become a fan favorite here in town. He got married in a teal suit. Jay, I don't know if you saw that. But yes, that was I awesome. did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's so he's he's all in uh, here in in Jacksonville, which is which is just great. He, um, you know, which he he didn't really have to do much to surpass Jason Myers, who is a pro bowler <laughs> by the way now. Pro, pro bowler Jason Myers. Let me let me let me right. say that correctly. Now, that he's closer to home he's kicking better you know up there yeah. up north what <laughs> so but yeah you know good to see him uh good to see him um signing back on like i said a fan favorite around here and also noting he did sign that contract extension inside the dog park in the stadium uh with his two dogs and his new bride so <laughs> you know what um we always talk about how Blake Bortles was a Jacksonville guy. Well, Josh Lambeau is just as much a Jacksonville guy, so yeah, we're pretty happy absolutely. to have him. And um, Jay, what do you think about the, the about the Jags signing arguably their 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 most explosive offensive weapon? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, man. Will you? Will you? Uh, and we'll talk on this later. But when you look at the list of free agents that the Jags have, the Jags don't have necessarily a lot of guys that you say like, oh, they they must keep that guy. You know, they got a lot of guys that are cap casualties, and we'll talk about that too. That they have to make decisions on. But in terms of like the free agency list, which I have um on the Jaguars wire for those who want to check it out. 
Uh, you know, it's not a lot of guys on the list that stood out to where it was like, hey, we got to keep that guy. And Josh Lambeau, though, however, was one of the few when I looked at the list and I compiled it. Or, well, actually, you can go on over to Cap is how I compiled the list and just took the screenshot. So shout out to them and I'll give them credit on that. But, yeah, Josh Lambeau and the other guy was Wilson, who we, you know, ironically resigned to. So it feels like the Jags were reading my mind in terms of like the guys that the Jags must keep. You know, it's, it's a other it's a few other guys when you look at it that, you know, I would say like they aren't must keeps, but they would be wise to keep. You know, it's guys like I think, you know, Patrick Omame, who came back from the New York Giants. I think he'll be a good depth piece to keep, you know, on a one year deal or something cheap like that. Eric Flowers is another guy, uh, you know, and whoever thought we'd be talking about this, keeping Eric Flowers. But Eric Flowers Said proved nobody to be ever. Right. Eric Flowers proved to be like at least a quality backup. And you look at all the games he started in in New York and you look at the games he started in here. He has plenty of experience as much experience as you'll find in any backup so he's a guy you know that Marone gravitated towards I can see them keeping on like a cheap one-year deal as depth uh, maybe Tyler Shatley and James O'Shaughnessy and it was one more I think it was Corey Grant and maybe Tommy Bohannon but like of that list of guys like you know those aren't like guys that I, I guess you know I'm assuming that most people would agree that aren't like must keeps but they would be wise to keep. So uh, j- j- just long story short, however, uh, Lambo was a guy that the Jaguars couldn't let go. One of the few alongside Wilson, because Wilson could be a starting safety for them. And I'm so glad that they were able to keep him on a four year deal at that. So that's a that's a pretty long term deal. We don't know the figures to that. Adam Schefter or Rappaport didn't um, specify on those. But still, nonetheless, uh, the Jags needed him. He was a pretty accurate kicker for us. He was a guy that, you know, he for the most part, he was automatic. I think um he didn't miss all that many field goals. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me here, but um, he was a guy that the Jaguars absolutely could not let go on that list. Yeah, and as you know, as I mentioned, fan favorite guy. So good to have him back. And it's it's really if you look at all just the abysmal kicking that went on in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, ask Bears fans. You know, they're probably still thinking about it. And to have a guy like that who's who's for the most part automatic. Um, since he has been here, he is 38 of 41, 92.7%. I mean, you're not going to get much better than that. You know, there's not really much room for for improvement. So um, good to keep a guy like Josh um, along on the team and a guy who's obviously very happy to be here. So, and not to, to mention, him. I don't mean to cut you off, Phil, but this is a guy they picked up off the street, basically. Yep. You know what uh, I'm saying? Like, he, he you, uh, you know, he was Chargers, with the Chargers. Yeah. But they, they had, uh, I guess they had cut him earlier that year uh but he was a free agent is what i'm trying to say to jackson draft this guy or, or what have you um and you know he even went on for a brief period of time if i'm not mistaken or maybe this was just earlier in his career but if i recall he was playing soccer for a little bit or he was uh he entered the mlb draft or something like that so you the know MLS his- draft yeah, the, the, I'm sorry, not the MLB. He's not Kyler Murray. Kyler ML- Murray on the line. <laughs> but yeah, he's a guy that has an interesting story, uh, and, and you know, he's he's a guy that when you look at his story, it's like, you know, you, you kind of look at it and say, hey man, like this guy's made something, you know, of a career that you know, that 
it didn't look like it might have been a football career in the beginning. So that's that's just kind of an interesting tidbit I took from him. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have him, too. Absolutely. So that's one guy that's going to be sticking around on the next topic. And the first topic we're going to be talking about is a guy whose future is not so clear here in Jacksonville. Um, quarterback Blake Bortles, you may have heard of him. Um, he <laughs> we, we uh, the team is, I, I should say, is is coming up on a um, on a big decision they need to make on on how to handle Blake Bortles release uh, with their salary cap situation. Um, and really the. The question that we are going to post today, and I'm going to have Jay mostly speak on this, uh, you know, as our as our numbers guy and having a better understanding of of how they'll be able to maneuver um, should they release him before or after June 1st. So here are the specifications that I'm going to get into for you guys. So there's a lot of numbers. So if you guys get a you know, those off a little bit, it's okay. I'll tell you when to come back in. So here's option A. Um, so Bortles is due a $1 million roster bonus on March 17th. Earlier in the season, uh, the, um, earlier in the 2018 season, Ian Rappaport reported that the Jags will be moving on from him despite $6.5 million of his $14 million 2019 salary being guaranteed. Now, releasing him on this date would result in a in a um, in a dead cap hit of sixteen point five million dollars. Um, this would free up four point five million in the cap immediately for this upcoming offseason. So the deal also includes up to six point five million in offset language, essentially meaning if Bortles signs a deal with another team for six point five million, the Jags will save an additional six point five million. That is option A. Option B, if they decide to do it after June, the Jags would save nine point five million instead of the aforementioned four point five. Um, the dead cap fee would now be $11.5 million in 2019 and the other $5 million in, in 2020. So you've heard a lot of people talk about this with Antonio Brown. What are the what, what Steelers are going to do? The money can be split up if they wait until June 1st. So, um, And so they essentially can split that $16.5 million, uh, 11.5 next year, $5 million the next, uh, in 2020. So, um, And also the $9.5 million they would save here wouldn't reflect until June 1st when free agency – and the draft is over. So if you tuned out, you can come back in. We're going to talk about normal stuff now. Uh, Jay, <laughs> out of those two options, what do you believe would be the better route for them to go? Blake mm-hmm. probably needs a fresh start. I don't think it's a good idea to keep him here as a backup because if something happens to whoever the new starter is and Blake comes back in, it's just going to be more negativity. How should they handle this? Yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough choice for Dave Caldwell. And, Again, like we assume that when that roster bonus is due on May, March the 17th, which was reported by uh, the cap guy at CBS Sports, I forget his name. But we assume that on March 17th, that is when the Jags have to make a date to as if they're going to pay him or wait till June or after June, should I say. So that's just the assumption um, because, you know, contract talks, you know, like we don't have the papers in front of us to specify like. You know when the Jets specifically have to pay him, so that I'm just going to clear that right now. I think that's an assumption on March the 17th that they would probably have to make the decision. So if it is, if that is the case, at first I was one of the guys saying go with option B because you know essentially it would give Jack the Jags 9.5 immediately into their cap. And for people who don't like follow the cap like that, I've, I've said it many times as of today, according to over the cap.com, the Jaguars are in the hole by 4.3 million according to over the cap. So, uh, 
I think the NFLPA will release the official figures sometime this month. They normally do. Those are the figures we should probably go more off of. But all we have to go off of now is overthecap.com. So that being said, that 9.5 that they would save on with the post June release would really help them right now. If you, I mean, just thinking about it theoretically. But the problem with that is they don't get that money saved onto the cap until after June when free agency and the draft is over. So basically, we have a situation where you ask yourself, should the Jaguars just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off, so to speak, and just get it over with in March? In my opinion, it's, it's a tough decision personally, Phil, but I think they should still go with option B. And and the reason being, well, for, first and foremost, if they go with option B, they almost can't do too much in, in free agency because the money that they would get by cutting Bortles wouldn't reflect until after June with a post-June release. So that being said, I think if they did option B, which is what I'm leaning more towards to kind of just split it up still, they wouldn't be able to be all that active in free agency or, or I mean, at least it looks that way on the surface. But the, the key to that is do the Jazz really need to be active in free agency? For one, the class isn't all that good. The free agency class isn't that good, in my opinion. And two, you know, spending the big bucks in free agency is how we got where we are right now. And that's in the hole. So, like. If you're Dave Caldwell, if you're Tom Coughlin, my question to them is, like, do you really need to go that route again? I mean, I know we've had guys we've hit on, uh, Calais Campbell, most notably, and, and it's, a, it's a few others out there. But this year, with the class being so weak, you know, your chances of messing up in free agency is probably higher. And I think any the, to begin with, the Jacksonville Jaguars probably need to look for bargain deals in free agency like they did that year. They got Roy Miller and um, and Cinderic Martz to begin with because their cap is, you know, isn't all that good right now. So still I'm still leaning towards option B here. Um, I don't know how a lot of others feel. I don't know how you feel on it, Phil, but I think option B is probably the best and just tread lightly in free agency. And, uh, you know, that probably would include having to get a, a quarterback in the draft because you can't pay a, a veteran quarterback too much. You can get maybe a Ty- Tyrod Taylor on a value deal or, you know, somebody along those lines of Ryan Tannehill. But that would almost mean no Nick Foles or none of that, which I'm fine with if you can get Haskins in the draft. So I'm going to say option B. Yeah, I do tend to agree with you. Uh, I think option B is going <clears throat> excuse me over over the long term is going to be the the better call um and as you mentioned is there really that big free agent splash that you want to go off after right now i don't know that there is a a calais campbell malik jackson that you really have to have um you know of course we we feel like we do have some 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 uh some positions that probably need replacing and and upgrading however the defense is still solid if you look at the numbers i mean yeah, yes, the record is what it is, but numbers-wise, the defense still had a solid year. Right. Um, they just did what they could because they were always on the field. You know what I mean? I still believe. They still is, were fifth in the league, though. Exactly. You know? yeah. This is still a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and I'm with you, Jay. I, I cannot justify throwing $20 million at Nick Foles for a guy who's really who's only succeeded 
in one place, right? And and the sample size is very small. Yes, it, it resulted in the Super Bowl. That's great, but they Doug Peterson knew how to get the best, the, get the most out of Nick Foles, and I don't think we're going to get that here. I just right. really don't. I think it's a bad choice. Um, what I would have preferred Joe Flacco, and that news came out today. He's off to Denver. Um, for for an undisclosed uh, amount of picks, what we think and, is a fourth, uh, right? So a mid round, a mid round pick. But he's you know he was going to have to if he was going to come here again, he would have had to adjust his his uh, his deal. Um, right. So we wouldn't have been able to just bring him in here because uh, he was making a lot of money, um, of course. And, and now is 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 Case Keenum available? Is that a guy that you want to go after? Like Tyrod Taylor? Is Tyrod Taylor really going to want to say we draft Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins? Is Tyrod Taylor going to want to come here and look over his shoulder for a second straight year? Um, well, not even a second straight year. His entire career. Right. No one has believed in Tyrod Taylor other than Tyrod Taylor. And, and I feel bad for him because he's a solid, he's a serviceable quarterback. I'll mm-hmm. put it that way. I don't, I'm not sure that we could win a Super Bowl with him. Um, I'll tell you this though, I, I bet they would have had more faith in Tyrod Taylor in the AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots as opposed to having Blake Bortles. I, I, I guess I, that's the best way to put it. So, and, and Tom Coughlin has spoke highly of Tyrod Taylor in the past with the Giants as a as a dual threat guy. So that's something worth noted. Uh, you know, talking about which I didn't really know that until uh, somebody posted. It was a post I saw earlier today where they were saying that you know. Tom Coughlin spoke highly of him. I clicked on the link. It was from back in the day with the Giants. So I never knew that Tom Coughlin viewed him like that. So that's a game changer in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. I, I digress from the point. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, here it goes. But like I said, if I'm Tyrod Taylor, do I really want to come in here and, and, and again, just be a stopgap for a, for a Kyler Murray or a Dwayne Haskins. I don't, I don't think so. You know, it's another thing though, Phil, and I don't mean to cut you off, but the Jazz don't strike me as a team that's like hungry to switch quarterbacks. And and what I mean by that is like, okay, let's say they draft Haskins or a Murray. We saw last year that Doug Marone, like, waited as long as he could to pull Blake Bortles off the field. Right. So they're not a trigger-happy team in terms of switching quarterbacks. And it's probably because, like, the camaraderie and, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, especially with a rookie, I've always said that Haskins and and um, Murray are the closest to being ready day one. But those are guys, like, if you could really keep them off the field the whole year for 2019, all the better. I mean, like, if they have to go in, so be it. That's fine. And if they flourish, that's even better. But if you could keep them guys on the sideline and learning for a whole year, you know, that would be great. Uh, and maybe that would be an incentive to sign Tyrod to like a, a one year, like highly guaranteed type of deal. And that maybe maybe they can land Tyrod that way, you know, by by, you know, him looking at their track record with quarterbacks and them not being trigger happy about like swift switching quarterbacks throughout the season. But I don't know, maybe that's just me though. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I just, if I were, if I, I'm just, if I guess saying from the, from the perspective of I were Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. and I knew that the Jaguars were in the market to draft one of these quarterbacks, I probably would want to go, Somewhere else, I don't know what the I don't, I don't know who is going to be vying for his services, but there's definitely going to be some some teams that will be that will be interested. Where I feel like maybe he would have a little bit more job security because right. you know I damn know well 
he probably believes he definitely believes in himself. You know what I mean? And, and it's course. not like those. And look at those the games that they did. Yes, they got off to a poor start, but they were in those games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They almost uh, they, they should have beaten Pittsburgh. They should have beaten New Orleans. And look where New Orleans ended up. You know what I mean? And he right. was the quarterback. You know, I I don't have his numbers in front of me. I don't know how you know how he did, but I I don't believe that he was having this abysmal season. It just came to the point where. You know what? We gotta. We I think a lot of it had to do with Hugh Jackson, mm-hmm. and I think right from the get go, Hugh Jackson and 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 um, Baker Mayfield's relationship was already strained just from the get. Right. So it probably had a lot to do with that. But um, as far as why it took so long to get Baker in there, but you know, mm-hmm. I I just think from the perspective of I'm Tyrod Taylor, I probably wouldn't come to a place where I'm just gonna get a repeat of what happened last year. So um, Eli Manning's name gets keeps getting thrown out here. I don't think that's gonna happen. Nope. Um, because he's gonna want to start happen. for a whole year anyway. Right. Even if you know we didn't want him and we didn't think he was over the hill, like exactly. He's a man. So, like, he's like NFL royalty. <laughs> right. 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 But yeah, you're right, Jay. Like Eli's, Eli's gonna want to start. He's not gonna come here and and have a have a and, and mentor a Kyler Murray or a Dwayne Haskins. I don't I don't see that happening. Either. So um, I think option B is definitely the way to go. And and you look for guys who are who um just like you said, Derek Marks or Roy Miller, a guy that wants to that has maybe something to prove. You know, a guy that's maybe underperformed elsewhere that you can you feel like the coaching staff can get the most out of here. Um, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. I mean, like I said, the defense was still solid. You got a good, you got, you got a good core of young players and veteran leadership. So I think that's definitely the uh, mm-hmm. the way to go as, as far as um, as far as Blake Bortles and you know I think we are in agreement though that we he he definitely should not be here any longer because I, I keep seeing I keep seeing people on Twitter on Facebook they're like well we should just keep him like no we should not okay nah. Let's, for for his sake right. and the team sake let him go yeah let him move on with his career you know like why if if you're truly a blake bortles fan this is my thing why make him sit on the bench and watch some other rookie or some other veteran perhaps flourish and take this team to the promised land or do better than he did like why put him through that if you're a blake bortles fan i don't understand that and also and because blake the person is great. He's a great guy. He is right. one of the nicest people you, you'll you'll ever meet. And you know what? For for his sake, for the for the mentality, just you just get him out of here. Let him move on. And somebody will take a chance on him. He's got the measurables. He's flashed at times. He could be a solid backup somewhere. Let him go. So let's just leave it leave it at that. So maybe the um, AAF. You know, like, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like I mean, everybody keeps suggesting it. Like he would I be mean, solid, bro. He would probably be the AAF MVP. I don't know if you <laughs> right? saw the quarterback play. Like honestly, like I don't know if you saw Christian Hackenberg's high, quote unquote highlights from that. From the, I like, watched that game. Nah. Wasn't it the Memphis Express yeah. and Birmingham Iron? I'm pretty sure, yeah. And like now, you know why he never once saw the field. Like we, always, <laughs> we thought, oh man, maybe there's something wrong with the Jets. No, they knew they were like, this guy cannot play football. And and think about, and I think I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was, uh, I think I was talking to Josh about this. Like mm-hmm. if you, everyone was was talking about, oh, it's it's really good defense. Listen, if you can't move the ball against an NFL scout team roster then <laughs> oh, you're God. not a good quarterback you're not a good quarterback these <laughs> guys true. aren't even good enough to be on a roster on a practice squad somewhere and you can't and you score nine points right. or whatever you know what I mean like listen I think I think the, the AAF being around is great 
Um, yeah, I heard it's Bill an awesome Iver- product too, man. It so is. Far, it yeah. is. It's fun and it's good to, and it's fun to watch. And and I heard Bill Polian on on uh, Golik and Wingo a couple days ago, and uh, they straight up asked him like, "Hey, if the NFL came to you and was like, hey, we want to test out these." Uh, these new rules would you be willing to do it he's like yeah absolutely they all if they want us to try something out we'll do it you know what i mean like so i think it's it's only going to help um so i think it's 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 good but the quarterback play is not great so like no, not like, at all there be the first ever inductee in the aa <laughs> <laughs> right so oh, but uh, he'd be like yeah, the but, babe roof for their their like <laughs> hall of fame dude it would yeah. be amazing though i would i would be all for that <laughs> yep. so um but yeah um so continuing the topic of uh of, of free agents that were uh that are worth uh re-signing of course with uh w- with free agents such as as wilson as well as josh lambeau with the cap situation there's also going to be some cap casualties um that the jags should possibly move away from and jay i don't know if you want to go ahead and take take the lead on on here i do have the list of pending free agents here that you had uh, that have been posted up right um Back in December when we wrote about it. So uh, I'll just list a couple of notables. Um, Dante Moncrief, I think we agree, is probably gone. Yes, um, that was, was a waste of $9.6 million. No, I, I guess mean, no disrespect, but you no, know, I guess it's just kind of like, hey, show me you can do it. And he had he he did flash at times and then he just disappeared for like nine games. He that's was just true. like, I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot Dante Moncrief was on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Yeldon, probably gone. He's going to want to start somewhere. And um, you can kind of make the the argument that maybe he was underutilized here. Um, you know, so you can you can maybe make that make that argument. Talk, uh, Coughlin called him out, so that don't feel right. good. <laughs> so that didn't that didn't help. Um, Corey Grant, Rashad Green, Tommy Bohannon, a um, couple of other names on there. We already touched a little bit on Eric Flowers, AJ Can. Um, I think you you wrote about earlier in the week as a guy that probably needs to go, um, which I would definitely uh, definitely agree with. He is severely severely under underperformed. Um, there is a, um, a projected net gain for cutting some of our, and actually cutting some of these players, which I, which is a different list that we that we have here right. as far as uh, as far as cap casualties um, that we'll go into. So um, here is the projected gain of cutting these specific players, and this is once again per over the cap um, that you had mentioned there earlier uh, earlier, Jay. So Marcel Darius, <clears throat> excuse me, cutting Marcel Darius would free up. And this is a, I'm assuming this is this is how much money it would free up, correct? Right, That's what these right. This are. is the projected uh, projected over the cap gain. Yeah, Marcel Darius, who has been solid, um, would be a prediction of a, a projected uh, gain of ten point five million dollars. Um, uh, let's see here, Tashawn Gibson seven point four, uh, Jeremy Parnell six million. Carlos Hyde, which was brought in, who was brought in, you know, during the season, four point seven, and Austin Safarian Jenkins, who you, uh, you, me, and Jacob discussed um, last week on last week's episode. That's a guy that's probably on his way out as well. So, what's what are some notable things here as far as pending free agents and some guys that you know probably just just like you said will will be cap casualties just because just because we're so far in the hole and you know there are some rumors about God forbid Nick Foles and whatever else they want to do. What, What do you see happening here? And, and something else real quick, Phil, to touch on, like, we don't know how much of a hit. I don't think this has been applied to over the cap. We don't even know what what the salaries of. um. Oh, we do know the salaries of Wilson. They revealed that we talked about that last week, but we don't know the repercussions of Lambeau's deal. Right. Right. So they probably more in the hole than that. 
at this point, but we'll we'll see. Uh, but that being said, of the cap casualty guys, like of the notable guys I listed there, I think with Darius, I think they just restructure because they they almost can't let him go. And the reason being, besides Calais Campbell, I think most of us will agree that Darius is their best run defender on the defensive line. I think you would agree with that, right? Absolutely. He might be even better, you know, but, you know, I I mean, that's just up for debate. So that being said, he's a guy that they can restructure. Uh, The good thing about, like, his situation is no dead cap tied to him. Like, all his guarantees have been paid. So they can restructure him and come up with it if he's willing to. That's another key part of this. Uh, and come up with with a decent, you know, some kind of like maybe add a year to his deal and distribute his money out that way and and help them out, uh, like they're doing with Calais, basically, like he said at the Pro Bowl. Um, so he's a guy they can't lose almost, especially as a nose tackle. And nose tackles, I don't know if people know this, nose tackles don't exactly grow on trees, especially good ones that right. can pass rush and run defend like he, he's versatile he can do both and he can even play the three technique so he could slide over and 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 play the role that malik jackson was playing too if somebody else could play the nose tackle so he's versatile so you absolutely if he's willing to restructure you can't let that guy go i mean the jacksonville jaguars would be crazy to do so so i'm saying i would keep him uh gip i don't know if you can let gip go because I, I don't I don't know about Wilson like as a full time starter yet. I haven't seen enough of him to say like, you know, that he should be given the reins, if you will. So right now I, I would if they could keep Gip at an affordable rate, I would try and keep him. And and another thing, you don't want too much turnover in the secondary because they already uh they lost Barry Church. Um and basically if they lost Gip, it would be too uh, new safeties in the back, even though Ronnie Harrison has proven himself and has been f- pretty good. What I'm saying is you don't want to be too young in the backfield. Is, no, if that definitely makes sense. not. Not at safety, at least. You you might get away with it. You might can even get away with it at corner better than not, you could not at when safety. You play, not when you play Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson no, four times exactly. a year. You can't have that. You need a seasoned veteran back there. And Gibson is a guy that I've, I've always thought has played well for the most part. A lot of people are hard on him but i think people get him confused <laughs> with church sometimes bro man <laughs> and it's like oh that guy sucks i'm like wait are you talking about church or gip because gip he ain't that bad to me i mean he's had his flaws but uh barry church was just at another level of just bad play if you will so aside from them two i say let parnell go I say let Hyde go, even though the Jaguars just used the fifth round pick to acquire him last year. So be it. Save that, what, $4.7 million. And I say also let Austin Severian Jenkins go, although you're making your need for a tight end just a, a bit worse than it is. And that's a big need of theirs. But still, you know, as we, we discussed with Jacob last week, you know, if he came out to say what he said on Twitter to basically get up out of his deal and, and and that would insinuate that he doesn't want to be here, then let him go if he doesn't want to be here. And right. I mean, it's not going to hurt you to let him go. So let him go say that 4.3 million. And, and that's where I'm at on that. And even if he, you know, if he genuinely was told that he was going to be let go, I think they just simply, it's simply just time to 
part ways with him. And we've all talked about the injuries with him. He's never been healthy. Tom Coughlin, as we all know, loves players that are available. So that doesn't help his case. And I I just think they should move on. So I would move on from Parnell, Hyde, and ASJ. In terms of the free agents, we already talked about a few of the guys that I would keep. And they, those were mostly offensive linemen. And the reason being is when you look at the Jaguars' struggles, uh, depth is key on the offensive line for them, although they need starters. Um, but if they could get, like, two starters out of the free agency or out of and or out of the draft and keep Omami and Flowers and Shatley, that's a pretty good line if they can get the two starters at the right guard position and the right tackle position. And and for all we know, uh, Richardson could be the right tackle who we drafted last year. So we'll see how that goes. But those guys, I would keep those offensive linemen. Um, like you said, A.J. Can has to go. Dante Moncrief has to go. And uh, aside from them, like I would maybe consider keeping Tommy Bohannon, but I don't think fullbacks are hard to find, in my opinion. And no, yeah, and and, 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 I, and Tommy's one of my favorite players, one of my favorite guys on the team. But yeah, that you can you can go get a fullback. I mean, they went a whole couple of years without a fullback, you right? Know, so. <laughs> and they just signed him off the street. You remember, yeah. like when they they were like, oh, we're gonna, you know, when Coughlin came, they're like, oh, we're gonna use a fullback now that Coughlin's here. And we were thinking like, oh, they'll get somebody out of the draft late in the draft or they'll get an undrafted free agent. Like weeks later, they just signed Tommy Bohannon off the street who had been a free agent for two years. So that shows you like how easy it is to find a guy. Now, if they can get him on the cheap, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Why not? I mean, I can't imagine Tommy Bohannon coming in and demanding, you know, <laughs> a lot of money. Made me the best, made me the highest paid fullback in the in the league. You right, know, right. All right well, Slapping the goodbye. table, being like, hey, Tom, pay. <laughs> I want to get paid like uh, Lorenzo Neal or one of those guys got paid. Michael Scott. The, yeah, like, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Break the bank, bro. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, they could keep him if he, you know, if he comes at an affordable rate, but I... I mean, I don't think they'll be hurt if they let him go. Uh, and, and as you said, Corey Grant is a, a key name here. And the reason being is if you look at John DeFlippo's resume, right, back with the Eagles, was it? Yeah, with the Eagles, he had Darren Sproles. And Darren Sproles made a lot of explosive plays for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, and need I remind you now, DeFlippo was only the quarterback's coach. But I'm saying, like, he, he got a chance to watch this and watch the tendencies of Doug Peterson and what you can do with an explosive back like that. And if Corey Grant, if that uh, Liz Frank injury is okay, I think the Jazz need to bring him back. He needs to be a priority because they can really do some damage with the Flippo's mind and, and Grant's ability combined. I think they could really, really make some mismatches in the in the offense for the defenses. But again, it all depends on like how healthy he is, because that is a, a injury that could be a career killer. And then some people have come back from it, as we've said in the past. So he's a key guy to keep. And um, aside from him, you know, maybe Jadon Mickens, who is in a must keep. Uh, but. You know, we got D.D. Westbrook who can do mostly what he does, and that's return punts and play receiver. So he's a guy that— And we have D.J. Chark, so— Yeah, that's true. And and then again, like, now that I look at it, though, Mickens is an exclusive rights free agent. So I would think, like, he has a better chance to come back than, like, an unrestricted guy. So he might be back 
uh, as opposed to some of the other guys. But yeah, that's uh pretty much my list of the guys that I would keep. Everybody else pretty much can go. Yeah, um, not a lot of not a lot of huge uh, huge names and a large amount of turnover. Of course, it will be. It'll be strange to not see Yeldon around here. Um, who, yes. You know, you and I, of course, have always been huge proponents of of, of him getting more carries and um, Yeldon you know, High, you, you, you really exactly. <laughs> you, you hope you hope the best for him, and he's going to find a good landing spot. And you know, we'll. Um, I guess this really, depending on what moves these the you know they make here coming up soon, will really kind of give us an idea of. of where they want to go, I think, in free agency. Do they start freeing up a lot of money? Does Darius and Gibson, do they become guys to that, that go because they start to free up some money for someone to come in, uh, like a Nick Foles? Like, uh, well, that's actually what we're going to talk about a little bit here. We, we thought maybe Joe Flacco would be a name that we might hear, but as I mentioned earlier, he got shipped off to Denver. Um, so what does that uh, – do, do you think that takes Denver off of the, the quarterback the quarterback market is it a blow is it a blow to nick Foles that will maybe decrease his value i want to i also wanted to pose you a couple of a couple of hypotheticals here but what do you think um we'll start with what do you think the trade um means for uh, for jacksonville going forward into uh into this offseason yeah it, it takes a potential suitor off the market for Foles if they want Foles. i mean Again, and I've said it plenty of times, I like Foles, but I don't like Foles at $25 million or $20 million. I don't like him that much. So uh, that being said, it does take off a top-notch competitor off the quarterback market because as we've seen in the past, Denver can get in your way in a bidding war. They was in a bidding war with us for uh, Calais. It went down to the wire, as we saw on the Calais Campbell documentary. Like he ba- it basically almost you can almost say it was a coin flip for Calais, basically. Um, so, yeah, they, they got in the way with that. Uh, they, they put up a fight for to keep Malik Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. They put up a fight to um, keep Julius Thomas. If I'm not mistaken, when we got him, so. <laughs> they should have. They should have kept. They should have yeah. put up a big fight. <laughs> right, right. We should have let them have that. We, that would have <laughs> been some money saved. But uh, yeah, Denver. When it comes to getting into bidding wars and getting what they want, like they could be a nuisance. And and John Elway is a guy that understands. Like, hey, look, I'm a player or two away from being what we were during Super Bowl Fifty, and he's gonna. He, you know, he's a guy that would be aggressive. So. That being said, that takes Denver off the market definitely for foals. Um, so, what was the other question you asked? So, hypothetically, <laughs> the uh, the Cardinals come to you, mm-hmm. come to us, and ask if we're interested in in Josh Rosen. Right. How high were you on Josh Rosen going into last year? Uh, I, I was I was meh on him, um, but I I do think he's a kid with a lot of upside. I always said that, and I think that upside has yet to be tapped in. And it was times like when you watch the Cardinals, he did flash brilliance. So, you know, it it depends on like what the asking price on. I would, I don't think they would ask for a first round pick. Do, That's I mean, what I'm saying. If you get to keep your first round pick, right? Yeah, and- I mean like. I would I would probably go for that for a second. I would take that. I, I probably would. Um 
But then again, like I like Haskins more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying. Say, say you say you know for whatever reason someone trades up, or if the Giants take him, which I think is a huge possibility. Right. You know, and and you maybe you're not sold on Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, I, I easily. You know what I mean? So yeah. do, do you do maybe the second or third round pick if if they come to you? Mm-hmm. And, and there's they, we keep hearing these rumors, <laughs> and about I mean just last year. Cliff Kingsbury stated, "Hey, if I had the number one pick, I would take Kyler Murray." That <laughs> right. that just that 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 only happens in sports. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I almost I almost messed up. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That that's it's a narrative that only happens in sports. You know right. what I mean? Like right, he he had no idea he would be an <laughs> NFL head coach. Or team that's picking number one overall right. the very next year so it's crazy i don't know man people are writing it off but i i keep hearing rumblings that this might happen and because if you're if you're cliff kingsbury you know what i don't want to uh, people already think i shouldn't be here i don't want to tie my name to a quarterback that i might not even believe in but i right. will go to go to war with the guy that i I vouched for mm-hmm. that I recruited. Well, I helped I, recruit exactly yeah. that that I helped you know mentor at one time and bring up and mm-hmm. why not? You know right. what I mean? I, I mean, man, I, I don't. <laughs> I just think because my, my my whole thing was you know maybe maybe the the quarterbacks are gone. You don't necessarily feel like you you need one of those defensive linemen. Uh, I saw that mock draft where. Uh, where it had us taking what was it the lineman from Mississippi State? I can't remember who was it? it. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. And like you know that would just, taking another defensive lineman in the first round right. would just drive people nuts around here. And he just Maybe. blew his ACL by the way. So great, great, awesome. So another like, training. Dante Fowler. So yeah, <laughs> like, so we don't um, need that. So do you? Tra- I mean, I know the offensive line class isn't as stellar as it has been in past years, but do you trade back and maybe find a guy because you know uh, Quentin Nelson has just cha- completely changed the you know the 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 perspective of drafting a guard that early. Right. You know, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know what the class looks like. No, nah, it ain't a Quentin Nelson in this one. Right, but you can get away with drafting a lineman later on in the draft. So maybe right. you trade back because you're able to get a Josh Rosen in the second with a, for a second or third round oh, pick. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Or because I, I don't want us to take a Drew Locke or a Will Greer and set us back another three years, you know, because we took the wrong guy. Do you maybe roll the dice and Josh Rosen? If it doesn't work out, hey, you got Tua. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> or someone else waiting for you in 2020. You know what I mean? Like That's God a good for, deal, actually. I mean, we <laughs> it is exhausting thinking mm-hmm. about maybe sitting through another down year, right. but <laughs> If, if you don't have to invest too much, he'll, he'll still be on his rookie deal. That's not a lot of money, right. obviously. And it gives you the ability to bring in other pieces. And I really think that the the receiving group that is there is good enough to be the you know, second tier. So if you can find that number one guy mm-hmm. somehow, I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe somebody steps up. But then the rest of the receivers are serviceable. I know Keelan Cole had a bad year. I know he had all the drops. I know mm-hmm. the team had, had a drop problem in general. Um and I, I do think that's something that can be that can be addressed and can be fixed. So do you? I mean, maybe bring in a guy like Josh Rosen who's gonna be angry, who's already pissed. He got taken. <laughs> he always and is <laughs> on a on a bad on a bad team, and he did what he could on it. Well, you know, and Larry Fitzgerald is not Larry Fitzgerald anymore. He is not <laughs> the right. same guy. Um, one of my favorite players of all time, but he's not that guy anymore. You know, maybe same thing. You know, give him a you know a new chance and and let the Cardinals take Kyler Murray, and 
and you know, I don't know that I just, right. it's something I've been thinking about because if they're going to go in that direction, then they're not going to keep Josh Rosen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's he's got he's got value now because right. he's still so young. So I don't know. That's a good like, idea because like you think about it, like, and if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I think uh, Dave Caldwell and their GM Steve Kime have a good relationship. I think. Don't quote me on it because basically they were guys that got their jobs at the same time. Like they were GM candidates that were going like flying around to whoever needed a GM at that time when we got Dave and uh, when they got kind and, you know, they, I, I think they just kind of got familiar with each other, but I'm not sure. But yeah. yeah, that, that's something worth noting. And I mean, again, like, like you were saying, like at the cost, at the expense of a second round pick, why not? Because I mean, heck, if you look at it from last year's perspective, even if you thought Josh Rosen wasn't first round material, well, now you're giving up a second round pick for him, which is more along the lines where some people may have felt he should have been drafted anyway, if you didn't feel right. he was supposed to be drafted in the, the first round. So there's that. And I mean, like, you know, it would cost you less than trading up probably in the top five to get a Haskins. It exactly. would definitely cost it's you mortgaging the future for, right. for, for Haskins or for Kyler Murray, whichever one you like more. And right. also, and think about, I mean, you trade a second or a third round pick maybe, and you get a first round talent, then you know right. what? That's a, that's still a win. I mean, it's not like this guy is, you know, is, is been, a, been in the league forever. He's, he's, he's one year in and, you know, I'm not, you know, then like, this is all speculation. No one has heard about this. No one is saying <laughs> this is going to happen. But, right, right. But, I mean, I, I think you look into it, you know what I mean? And and then go elsewhere with that first round pick and then maybe still get a veteran. Like, a, you know, we talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick or um, I don't know if, I, I don't know if Josh McCown is. Yeah, Tannehill. There you go. Tannehill, you know, something like right. that. Who's, um, you know, bring in somebody. And McCown. Josh McCown, somebody yeah. like that. And, you know, look how much. I, I guarantee. I mean, what's it called? Sam Darnold and Josh McCown were attached at the hip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, he is a great guy to have. I would, right. you know, bring him in to to tutor Josh Rosen. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work out, you cut bait and then you go into the draft again and you just and you get you get a Tua or you get a mm-hmm. um or you get Justin Herbert or um, um I don't Jake think Fromm. or Jake Fromm and I, I don't think the uh, the Clemson quarterback he's not going to be eligible yet. Right? No, no he'll he be won't be eligible until two right more now, years. So. Yeah. So, so, but that's still three quarterbacks that mm-hmm. probably go ahead of anybody in this class, right? I mean, you know, from uh, Tua for sure, and I don't and, know. I think Haskins would be. I think Haskins would be up there in next year's class. Okay. Yeah, especially like with giving him one more year. And need I remind you, he was a Heisman candidate. Giving him right. one more year to improve his stock. You know, the, who's to say like. The way he played last year, he could be the first overall pick next year, in my opinion. Right. So if, if if Rosen is in this, if if Rosen was in this draft, where would he be ranked? Would he be ranked second behind? Would he be ranked ahead of of Kyler, or what, where would he where would he be? I think it would be yeah. I think it would be Haskins, then uh, Rosen, then Kyler Murray. Because I think the thing with Kyler Murray is er- that everybody's scared is the size. So right, I think right. Rosen will be like the second quarterback in this draft, to be honest with you. I think I like him better than probably Drew Locke and, and probably Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I I feel where you're coming from. And a, a key thing to to keep in mind here with I mean, and they have come. Well, at least um, Kingsbury has come out to say, hey, look, Rosen's our guy. I think they came out yesterday to say it. But look, you still never know 
with these type of things, you know. But yeah. he came out to say, hey, that's our guy. We're going to keep Rosen, this, that, and the other. But a key thing with maybe acquiring Rosen, if it happened to to keep in mind here, is, is the flippo. The flippo and right. his ability to work with young quarterbacks. See, that's something that we didn't mention. And the flippo might have loved Rosen in last year's draft. I don't know for, for sure. But for all we know, he might have loved uh, Rosen. And he might be banging the table for this to happen, you know, in Tom yeah. Coughlin's face for, for all we know. So, And that's another thing. I would really trust him now that we have a quarterback kind of whisperer type of guy. If we made a move like that for Rosen, I would trust him with it. And, and again, like you said, you bring in a guy like McCown, another guy that is familiar with the flippo. And that's a that's a great quarterback room to be in. You, you got McCown that knows the flippo's uh, scheme because he, he was his offensive coordinator once. Um, and you, you got a guy that in the flippo that can coach up the young guy and the veteran who already knows the scheme that you couldn't ask for a better room than that, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it's uh, I, I I think it would make uh, a whole heck of a lot of uh, a lot of sense, and I think both parties would be pretty excited to uh, to make to make it work. And you, you know, Josh Rosen is hearing all this stuff about Kyler Murray. You know what right, I mean? And right. and he, he's mad. probably just getting, probably just sitting in his apartment with in his hot tub, just getting more and more angry. You know, what I mean? <laughs> just sitting there. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know like. Um, and and I heard Greg Jennings, you know, just to kind of just talk about Kyler Murray. You know, everyone's talking about his height, and I heard Greg Jennings on Undisputed. Um, I think it was today or yesterday mm-hmm. talking about. I think I can't, I can't remember the exact number, but it was something around sixty seventy percent of snaps taken by quarterbacks last year were in the shotgun. And these offensive coordinators are going to figure out how to use. Kyler Murray, I, I, I everyone, oh, yeah, keeps about his, everyone keeps talking about his height. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, you guys. I mean, you yeah. put him in the right place, and he's just a raw talent. And you know, and I, I, I don't know, man. I think I should rephrase that, then, Phil. Let me put it: his height is not a concern because I, I said it on the cover three podcast that I would draft Kyler Murray if I was the Jets. But it's not the height; it's the size. Should I say? That yeah, he is. Me. Yeah, you can. Can he take that beating? You know, right. of course, in a in a Big Twelve where you can stand in the pocket, um, you know, get your homework done. You know, you do do study hall and, and all that kind of stuff while back there playing quarterback in the Big Twelve, right? Um, <laughs> Grilling you know, burgers, man. <laughs> so and and it, but he's also still played pretty well against Alabama. I mean, yeah, Alabama got some, you know waxed by Clemson, which was right. fantastic. By the way, uh, it's great it sure to see. Um, but they were still Alabama. I think you still make the, uh, they're still the second best team in the country, and he still had a solid game. It took mm-hmm. a while for him to get going, but he still had a solid outing. And you know, I, I think the kid's gonna be gonna be great. And if Me not, too. he just goes and plays baseball. No, right. so like he, he literally is in a win-win situation because right. if he can't if he can't play if he can't play football or can't play quarterback, then he's just going to go play baseball and make some decent money because he's just a raw athlete and life mm-hmm. is unfair. And, you know, and I'm with it, that. dude. Like if he can get to 200 pounds, I'm with it. If he can get to two, and like, according to his listed weight is 195. So, you know, like if he could get to a solid 200 pounds, I, I think I would be with it because I've also seen pictures of uh, him, it was a picture that was surfacing on Twitter that floated around. It was floated around on Twitter. It was Russell Wilson next to Doug Flutie, right? Right. And Russell Wilson was taller than Doug Flutie. Then it was a picture of Kyler Murray next to Doug Flutie and 
Kyler Murray looked like he was the same. He was hovering over Doug Flutie just as Russell Wilson was. I mean, I won't say hovering because like he wasn't that much taller than him. But I'm just saying like the size discrepancy when using Flutie looked about the same. So like what I'm trying to say is Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray almost look like the same height. If you're going off of that picture, it just becomes like a matter of like, can he get to like 200 and not lose speed or whatever, 205 and not lose speed. But I'm, I'm here for it, dude. If he comes in and lights up the combine, which I feel like, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a uh, I think athleticism. Mike, exactly. Mike Golick <laughs> always calls Mike Golick Senior always calls it the underwear Olympics. Right. And and that is that is a place that's something that's tailor made for an athlete like Kyler Murray. Yep. He comes in there and lights it up. It's all over, man. People are <laughs> someone's going to trade up for him, or the Cardinals are not even going to give anyone else a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's going to have an opportunity. Remember, all the way up until the draft, we didn't hear anything about Baker Mayfield until the day of. We were in Dallas and we're like, wait a minute, the Browns are going to take <laughs> Baker Mayfield. We <laughs> were out there in running forties, bro. And we we're, heard yeah, in Dallas, we're like, no, that's not going to happen, is it? And they were like, oh my god. It happened, you know what I mean. So, um, you, you know, you never know with with uh, with the draft. You look at there's so many, uh, so many, so many um, examples. We did the draft with uh, Matt Leinart and Vince Young and, and Reggie Bush. Wait, yeah. Mario Williams is going to go. Who was Mario Williams? What are you talking right. about? And he went out there and he balled out. So I'm just saying, crazier things have happened. Yeah, he's going to go when out. You traded up for Blackman. Remember that? Me and you was at Ale House. Right, just, never just saw sipping that beers, you know, and, uh, and then like we just look at the screen, and it's like one of those uh, those graphics, Jaguars trading such and such and such for Justin Black, yep. and I'm like, what? Like, yep, and I remember, I still remember that. It's that video is still on Facebook because we could not believe that it happened. Right. And <laughs> also, at the expense of of uh, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Jeff Fisher, who was the most overrated coach in history unless he was coaching against the Jaguars for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> like, um, so it was nice to be able to screw him over. And cause, right. Cause you heard about those war room stories of him being pretty upset about that. But, but yeah, man. So, you know, those are just some, some things that are, that are, that was, that were on my mind. And, Cause I really believe that, um, I, I would be happy with, with, with Haskins, Murray, or, or Josh Rosen, um, you know, not not. Yeah, that's a good way to put not it. Not that Josh Rosen is necessarily on the table, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, but yeah, man, that was what we wanted to get into here. We, uh, we kind of went in with a you know kind of a loose outline, and it turned out turned out really well. We wish uh you know we could have gotten Jacob's input, but hopefully we'll have the gang and and uh, back together next week so uh jay you know we'll close it out here and um you know we'll we'll get back to work what else uh we got going on of course we had a whole bunch of whole bunch of draft stuff coming up um what do we got coming for them on the uh, jaguars wire uh probably i haven't really planned but i think probably the biggest thing i'll do is um a free agency primer of of players that jay should look at um i'll also look at a, a i'll probably do a written version of players that Jags should keep. I've already done the written version of the players that Jags should let go, as Phil talked about earlier in terms of free agency. So I'll probably do that as well. Um, and, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. We'll be keeping an eye out on this uh, this quarterback watch with Foles. Hopefully we don't make a $20 million mistake. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, so you know it's the off season, but still plenty of plenty to talk about. Um, as far as me, I will be down at Jack's Beach. Not sure when this is going to air, but <laughs> Jack's Beach on February Friday, February fifteenth at the Rec Tiki Lounge, uh, doing the Rec Comedy Showcase. That is my the monthly showcase I put together with bunch of local and, ta- and um, statewide and national talent from all over the place. It's free entry, so if you want some more information, just uh, get at me at Phil, uh, Phil the Filipino on Twitter, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. But hey, guys, that's it for us this week on the Jags Den podcast. Of course, as I mentioned, make sure you're subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Boom, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, we really appreciate your support. But uh, until next time, for my colleague, James Johnson. You guys stay safe out there and go Jags.